Welcome to the Watch and Wine Podcast, a show about cinema brought to you by Mercy, Maria, and Rowan. You can find us on Discord for in-depth film discussion and live podcast sessions, or the Instagram account for more film content. Enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. My name is Rowan, and you can find me on Letterboxd at Rosace and on Discord at Rosace. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Mercy and Maria. Uh, hi, I'm Maria. You can find me on Letterboxd as Maria R-O-M. And I'm Mercy. You can also find me on Letterboxd at literally Mercy with an underscore in between those two words. Uh, okay, so I think this is going to be kind of the first official episode of the podcast. Uh, we did a little bit of an episode zero last week where we answered some questions, sort of introduced ourselves. Uh, hopefully the audio quality is much improved from last week. We kind of know what we want to say. we got a whole show planned out. We're going to talk about some trailers, do some reviews, uh, answer some more questions. Hopefully that's great. Uh, so anyways, we are from the Watch and Wine Discord server. So Maria, you can kind of do a little bit of an introduction for those who aren't familiar with that. Sure. Yeah, you can you can totally join the, the Watch and Wine Discord server. Uh, it is a server focused on art foreign and horror movies. So if you're interested in any of those topics, you can uh, join us. And uh, we are a very international community. So I hope you can find a good place in here. Yeah. In addition to the podcast, we also have a weekly roulette where you can get paired up with someone on the server and have a film recommended to you on a specific theme. And then we also do film monthly topics um, where we'll have a theme for the whole month and we'll watch films and discuss them together. So if any of those are things you're interested in, you should join us. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to jump straight into a movie review segment. Uh, I don't know if we've got a, a name for this segment. I guess it's just kind of the, the movie review segment. For reviews, we're going to do something a little bit different. We have a couple of recent films that have come out, um, but we have not all seen all of them. So we kind of have different groups and combinations of who's seen what. It actually so worked we out wanted... kind of well, because not yes. all three of us have not seen a single like one of these movies. We've all kind of... It's, it's all kind of either two or one of us have seen the movie. Right. So that leaves one of us to give some thoughts, like, so you know, some impressions. So basically you're getting you're getting an even perspective of two of us on each film and the third person has not seen it. So that's kind of how we're gonna do this segment. Um, and we're starting with Cruella because Disney owns everything and so we have to start at the top of the food chain. Um, I am the person who has not seen Cruella so my thoughts and opinions are purely based off of the trailer. Um, I, I don't have much to say about this. I really love Emma Stone. Um, I really love Emma Stone. But mm. I am struggling with Disney's kind of origin villain stories era that they're in right now. Um, like, I think Maleficent and a lot of other things that they've done have been great. But Cruella seems unnecessary to me. And I haven't seen 101 Dalmatians since I was really little. But it seems, like, not necessary to give her... A story yeah. i mean i thought her whole thing was just that she didn't like dogs so i don't know if that needed to be expanded but i don't know tell me your thoughts if you loved it hated it if this is something i should invest my time in because i Funnily don't enough, see why I should. the the dogs thing is kind of like two percent of the movie like that's not even a main really? part of it that's not even like a thing of yeah. her character i think they do a good job of kind of expanding on not the her motivations, story. but yeah, the origin story. I think it they add enough to kind of justify it. I think I like it, it's 
very colorful and the performances are very what's the right word I, not fantastical like they're they're about 300 percent london uh especially uh the the main two characters they they are, they go thick on that london accent it's insane but it, it's also like weirdly satisfying like the dialogue is it's it's very kind of nice to listen to i don't, I don't know it's very addicting I, I i really liked it every time those two characters had a no. conversation no you disagree no i i hated it it was the horror i i i was crying out of anger like oh no uh, it was horrible it was i was so excited to watch this because i love cruella and I love uh, 101 Dalmaticians since I was kids. So yeah. I was very excited. And this movie just disappointed me in a, the most terrible way. Like all this scripting was so unnecessary, sassy and and sarcastic and cynical and dumb. I don't know. It but was that was the point. Like... It was so much fun. Like, they weren't trying to... That was what I liked about it. They weren't trying to make it serious. It was just... It was obviously targeted at, like, seven-year-olds. But, like, you know, it was just so much fun. It was just enjoyable. It, it kind of... Uh, what does it remind me of? I'm trying to think of a... It reminded me of, like, American Psycho, just in the way that his dialogue is so... The way he delivers the lines is just so... It's just so bouncy. It's just fun, you know? Not that American Psycho is the funnest movie to watch, but just the... You know, the way he delivers his dialogue is just interesting, engaging, you know? I think there's a a very big gap between this Cruella and this this movie uh, from 101 Dalmaticians and the 90... The one, the 1996 one, because even though the 90, the 1996 one was uh, intended for families and kids, it felt solid and very uh, serious. You know, like you can take everyone serious and you can have the, some respect for the characters. And is that this the Glenn one, Close one is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't uh, seen that. And I've heard this of it. one is just childish and super dumb and very exaggerated in every way uh they try to be like super uh flamboyant uh exaggerated uh, liberal i don't know i was very mad i think that works that worked for me my understanding is that they set this i think oh gosh i want to say the 70s and isn't it set kind of in the middle of like the punk rock revolution of that era so how yeah. does that setting play in no it doesn't really it, it just yeah, kind no. of the <laughs> the fashion element like sort of i think the only way that kind of it's only kind of in the description of the movie like that does that's not really yeah. a part of the plot <laughs> like i was i yeah. was when i was reading that i was kind of thinking oh <laughs> but but luckily it, it didn't doesn't focus on that the, there was a a bit in the, there's a, there's a a little bit of a montagey section in the middle uh, that I wasn't a fan of. It kind of does that thing where it skips a couple months to the point where the conflict between the protagonist and the antagonist is kind of already developed through the montage. We don't really get to see that, and that didn't work for me. I don't know how to explain. If you've seen the movie, you know the bit that I'm talking about. I hope, but that. It skipped over the parts that I wanted to see, 
sort of like how Bohemian Rhapsody does. Uh, But apart from that, I found it really enjoyable. No, it feels very 2021 for me. Like, it feels very actual. Like, it doesn't really feel old or uh, set in the the time that it was supposed to be set. Uh, It feels just uh, like they took some uh social event that is going on right now and just uh, make it uh, a disney movie uh with cruella as an excuse yeah I, I i hear a lot of people comparing it to kind of a devil wears prada and uh and joker mm-hmm. like kind of as a mixture between the two yeah mm-hmm. i don't really see joker at, at all like that doesn't i don't know not really and I haven't seen A Devil Wears Prada, but I have heard a lot about it, and I've seen the trailers, and I can kind of, I kind of get it, but, I mean, you know, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a rip-off with the movie, it's probably inspired by some elements, I think it's wholly original, though, it's very original. Interested, I think, in how, because when I think of other disney villains there's usually something right that ties their origin story to the reason to make a film so like obviously if we're talking about maleficent her beauty issues and blah 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 um so if we were going to do ursula you know you would have beauty issues there but i just i i don't see the connection between cruella doesn't like dogs and therefore she but that's the, the I think what they've, they've advertised it as sort of like an origin story, but I don't think it really is an origin story. Like it technically, okay. technically it's an origin story, but don't watch it expecting to understand her yeah, beginnings no, as a not. villain. <laughs> it's a standalone movie. It's just a Cruella movie. In that aspect, it's like Joker, actually. I, I can. Okay. Yeah. I agree on that. Uh, so I think that's all we you know, I don't really want to go too far into that. We can kind of move on to the next things we've got on our list. Uh, so next is A Quiet Place 2, which Maria has not seen. So Maria, give us yeah. a little bit of a impression. Well, based on uh, the fact that I watched uh, A Quiet Place, uh, the first part, and that I kind of love, hate uh, John Krasinski, I'm a bit... Uh, I'm expecting to to hate it actually. Like I, I, I just know that I will hate it because I hated Quiet uh, Place Part One. Mm-hmm. So I I saw the trailer and it is the same shit. Like uh, it is exactly the same, just like a continuation. So it makes no sense to me. And I mean, I will watch it just for the sake of watching it, but uh, I know that I will not enjoy it. Uh, but but who knows maybe i like it i don't know <laughs> uh you're exactly right it's it well if you didn't like the first one you're not gonna like this one but on yeah, you the other the second one. <laughs> on the other hand uh it's if you liked the first one this is just it just gets better and i liked the first one i thought it was i don't know like you know solid uh this one was just kind of everything I wanted. It it was what I wanted Zombieland 2 to be, just kind of more of the same shit. I think Zombieland 2 just kind of devolved into into dumbness, but this one is just... It's on the exact same quality, if not ever so slightly better than the first one for me. What do you think, Mercy? I think there's some good... I'm really fascinated with how... I think if we look back on this in hindsight, 
John Krasinski is going to come out to be known as a better director than actor. I'm kind of predicting that that's what's going to happen in the future because stylistically, you can tell that he has a really good eye in this film. Like there's some absolutely gorgeous silhouette shots and there's some moments when you can tell that he's really kind of figuring out what his directing style is. Um, it's also really rare that we get to have a disabled young woman as a lead who is actually deaf in real life. Like, that is such a cool feature. She's the so best character. There's parts of it that I... Yes. And there's parts of this that I loved, but I don't think that it really again, with the necessary filmmaking, I don't really see how it adds on to the origin story in a way that just was necessary i don't know we barely see emily blunt it's heavily focused on the kids which is not a bad thing but it's definitely not the direction i saw it taking so uh what, what are you talking about like the the bit with the bit in the middle with uh like the day just one in general bit? like what do you mean by i origin? just the whole well so we don't really get any context for the monsters themselves right um, I'm not going to spoil things for obvious reasons, but, mm -hmm. like, they're so obsessed with kind of ending the film in the same place that the first film ends that you don't really see anything outside of that. It's just kind of... It, it's continued survival instead of, I don't know, I wanted to know more Learning about where the monsters more. came from, how they were figuring things out in the process. Um yeah, I would have liked so... to have seen more of that day one. That that was riveting to me. I really, that especially there, there was one scene in particular where the, the the humans who are kind of unaware of the the whole situation, they're kind of struggling to figure out the mechanics of how the the monsters work. That there's a whole section there that is that is riveting to me. I want to see more of that. Uh, it's the kind of shit that makes me like so excited for like the third. Like they're not gonna go back to it, I probably. But if they did, I would. How do I phrase? Like if there was an origin movie, just all of day one, just from different people's kind of perspectives, I would be all in for that because that day one section, which everyone's seen in the trailer, I don't think that's a spoiler, but it is so good and. Just that whole first act, I think, is really good, you know? Do we, do we want to give some letter grades, or, like, scores that we gave? So we can go back and do Cruella as well, if we want, because, uh... Ooh, that'd be fun. Because uh, I can tell you what I, what, like, kind of star rating I gave it on Letterboxd. Let me just bring it up one sec. Right. So for Cruella, um... Like, bring up my review. Okay, yeah, so I gave it a B plus with 7 out of 10. Uh... For, Cru for Cruella, so, uh, and for A Quiet Place, I think I did A minus and, like, four stars. So that should give you an idea of kind of, you know, what I, what I thought of it, I how I enjoyed it. not, I keep meaning to write about A Quiet Place, so I, TBD on a rating, it's probably gonna end up being, like, I think three or 3.45 stars. Um, but I need to think about it a little bit more. Yeah. I Another gotta put it wanna... lower than the first one, so... Something none of us have mentioned, I just realized, is Killian Murphy, who I think is very perfectly cast in this. He's very good. I uh, Yes. Th there's not really much to say without spoiling, but he's really good. Uh, he, he, he fills the John Krasinski-shaped 
hole in the movie for me. Mm. There's um, a lot of really Maria... good... Oh, what? Sorry, I'm done. I was okay. going to say, do you have a Cruella rating? Yeah, I do. It's just two. Two out okay. of five. Ooh, low. Like three out of ten, I don't know. Okay. So is that like an average yeah. of like... <laughs> what's what what's that an average? It's got to be like uh, four out of ten. Three, yeah. I'm not yeah. sure. Let's let's just move on to the next one, which is Bo Burnham's Inside, which came out very recently. I think just like a like a week yeah, ago. This last weekend. Yeah. Uh, so me and Maria have not seen this one. It's seems to always be mercy on our own, but uh. <laughs> Me and Maria have not seen Inside, so Maria, do you have any kind of impressions on Inside based on the trailers or what you've heard? What do you, what do you think about it? Maybe not. Okay. Uh, well, am, am, am I muted? You lose me? Maria? Yeah, I don't like comedians. <laughs> what? No, uh, okay, not. sorry. I don't like comedians, so I don't really have uh, anything to say about that. I won't watch it. I know that for sure, so I oh, want to okay. be part of that. <laughs> wow. Fair enough. Uh, well, I haven't seen much of Bo Burnham's stuff. Kind of the extent of what I've seen of his work is things that my media teacher has shown me clips of. Uh, I, I saw the uh, the Straight White Man song that he did, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, he was, he, he's also... I say um too much. I need to stop saying um. I saw I saw him in Promising Young Woman, who and he was really good in that. I think it was, you know, he's he's very confident, you know, for kind of his age. Uh, he, he's very charismatic, I think. And I, I I understand that in his work, he covers a lot of kind of mental health stuff, which, you know, I, I don't know anything about that, so I can't speak to that. But uh, how does it, how is it for you, Mercy? You've seen it. It, <laughs> I... I have not seen a lot of Bo Burnham's work. I've seen Make Happy. Um, I have seen Promising Young Woman, but I have not seen as much of his actual comedy performances as I would like to. I think what's really impressive about Inside, frankly, regardless of your opinion of him, is that it's over the course of a year, a single person who created from writing, producing, cinematography, uh, editing, directing, like composition, performance, he has done everything. And that's such a work of talent that I think it can't be underestimated. It reminds me very much of like Taylor Swift producing an entire album during quarantine. Just the fact that someone was able to take this time and in a state of vulnerability, document the creative process and still produce something, even if he doesn't feel particularly proud of the end product. Maybe he does. I don't think it's particularly clear at the end, but that's so impressive to me that he is able to do that. And so for that alone, it's incredible. Um, but it's also, I, Bo Burnham is incredibly self-aware. I love how cynical he is. That's kind of, I think, what makes his comedy enjoyable. Um, he's, yes, he plays at himself with how ironic and ridiculous he can be and i think that that's kind of enjoyable and the exploration of yeah mental health and loneliness during covid and quarantine and just this idea of being trapped inside your own head but also inside a literal physical space and kind of embodying that through art and performance is in my opinion not to be missed i think it's a really unique piece of work 
what what rating did you give it? And uh, and, and while you kind of bring that up, uh, I was going to say something. Yeah, uh, the kind of impression I get from Bo Burnham himself, like he seems, like you said, as a very self-aware person. I know Maria, I think you disagree. I think you've, uh, you saw a, maybe a clip disproving that, but from, from the clips that I've seen personally, he seems very kind of, like you said, very aware of his situation and his kind of position in society, like, and everything, so, yeah, that that's, you know, that's what I've seen of him, personally. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't think I like him. <laughs> no? Okay. Yeah, uh, I think you'll have you to... should watch it, watch it for the art perspective, and not mm -hmm. necessarily for entertainment. Just, I don't know, because I think, too, for anyone who feels like maybe they've squandered a lot of their, like, creative potential during covid mm -hmm. it's such a just a yeah a display of someone who really struggled through a creative process and produced something just out of vulnerability and put it out into the world and that's really evident through a lot of like the transitions that he does in between pieces of how much he's wrestling with this creation process so yeah. as a creative i appreciate that a lot too i mean i can if you're talking about that i think i can relate to this because I mean, this server was created during quarantine. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And, stuff, and I'm an insider, so I'm creative. So I was just bored and depressed. And I was like, hey, I want to watch movies because I want to. I watch movies all the time. So why not? Uh, I met Maria through a, through yeah. another Discord server <laughs> I made kind of for streaming yeah. movies. That That's long dead, unfortunately. But kind of, I think the spirit of that has been revived in watching one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, uh, we can probably move on from that to Army of the Dead, directed by Zack Snyder, which I think has been sh shit on by almost everyone. But uh, yeah, Mercy, you haven't seen this again. It's Mercy on her own. So uh, I know. So uh, what what are your first thoughts based on the trailer? What you've heard? What do you think? I'm. I'll start out by saying, regardless of what you two say, I don't think anything can incentivize me to sit down and watch this film so that's a good idea don't, throwing, don't. throwing that out there um i i have not seen the trailer since it came out so i don't even remember a lot of the plot context that they gave away but i guess a couple of things that stood out they have something like a zombie tiger i remember that and i remember being frustrated because I'm getting a little bit tired of the zombie trope and they kind of try to, every film wants to put a unique spin on the zombies, right? Like, oh, they're smarter than everyone else or like warm bodies, they can fall in love or I recently watched Pontypool and like, it's a sound thing, you know, whatever. So I just, it was another instance of, I don't see what this is gonna offer that's new to the genre because it just, it seems like some tired cliches of, what we've seen before with the undead so just what you said about trying to kind of reinvigorate the genre with something unique and kind of different to what everyone else has done before that's the whole fucking movie that's all they do it, it's so annoying i i agree totally it is infuriating every single zombie you like oh my god what you said it, it encapsulates the whole movie what that's what they do for everything there's like a queen zombie and like something like if you kill the queen zombie you have to give like an offering or some shit. It's it's bonkers. It's it sucks. Uh, yeah. I, I think I gave it like a two out of five, which is has to go fucking down. I uh, 
I gave this movie about 70% of my attention, so I can't, like, I wasn't sitting there, you know, watching it intensely, but I wasn't even going to watch this movie, but it was just sitting on number one on Letterboxd and Netflix for so long that I figured I was going <laughs> to miss out on some references if I don't get on this, so I, I, I sat down to study, put it on my TV in the background, just kind of, you know, saw what the whole big deal was. Uh, it is is so bad. Uh, <laughs> the zombie tiger, surprisingly, is the best part of the movie. Uh, it has this one Mortal Kombat-like kill at the very... The one thing I will say is there are some moments of gore that I really enjoyed. Uh, you, oh, you've yeah, seen it. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, that tiger... There's a tiger kill that is near the end that I... Like, my jaw dropped. It was so good. Uh, <laughs> you know what I, you know what I'm talking about? And there's also one yeah. in, in the helicopter near the very end. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the gore is kind of cool, but the gore is good. It's just but it takes so long to get to that that it's just not worth it. And it's so long and dumb. And Zack Snyder records everything in this dumb, shallow focus. Like, everything is blurrier than... It's like trying to watch a movie underwater. Like, it, you can't see shit. There's, like, a small box in the middle of the screen that you can actually see in focus, and everything else is in slow-mo, yucky Zack Snyder shit. I hate Zack yeah. Snyder. And this is... Ugh. And, and it, somehow this got, like, 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, and that just... Uh, that just frustrates me, because it is not that good. Don't watch this movie. F, not F, because the gore, <laughs> yeah, the gore is, uh, the gore is okay. I, I'm gonna see what I gave. I, I, I dot pointed a few thoughts. I actually, uh, let me uh, bring that up real quick. <laughs> uh, Maria, do you want to add anything? Yeah, while I'm bringing this well, up. Well, no, well, I mean, it's the same that Ross said that it is just pointless. Uh, the gore is good a bit, I think, but. Uh, nothing really worth it like i mean it was nothing remarkable well maybe the only thing that made me actually laugh was that i mean this is not a spoiler but uh you know the whole movie uh is about that these zombies are in las vegas and stuff so right. uh the u.s government obviously had uh, drops a bomb in las vegas to destroy everything so yeah, there's no more zombies. But then there's this there's this guy who gets into the plane because, you know, he wants to get away from everything. And he's going to Mexico. So, well, he's on the plane. He discovers that he's infected. So, like, I thought it was funny that... Uh, because, uh, you know, US, uh, American productions never include Mexico unless it is a shitty situation. So uh, this was, uh, again, one more of those situations where they just uh, spread the zombies to Mexico. So that made me laugh, actually. It was, that was kind of funny. Yeah, like... Uh, I, I listed some... Uh, yeah. I've got my review up. Sorry, if, if uh, that's... If you've got anything no, you want to say, okay. sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, I, I don't no. actually remember that thing that you were talking about. Uh, no? with the with the Mexico, I, like I said, I wasn't really paying attention, but I I, I didn't I don't think I I don't think I caught that. Uh, oh yeah. well, I mean maybe it makes sense because uh, in the end, like he's in the in the plane, and the 
the pilot on the on the plane says welcome to mexico but he says it in spanish and there is no subtitles for that so maybe only people who speak spanish uh, get it. ah Makes okay sense. well that's interesting that yeah <laughs> this was one of those this was a rare occasion where i actually turned off the subtitles to the movie it didn't deserve that yeah it didn't, it didn't deserve my attention enough to kind of want to know what they were saying i just kind of it was literally just uh, on in the background as dumb brain entertainment <laughs> Uh, so I've got five things listed as, like, thoughts on my Letterboxd review. Uh, so number one, the opening title font is fucking awful. I hated it. It was some pink cursive, almost like drive, but over, like, nothing. Like, it was, it was, it was trying to be cool and clever and quirky and it didn't work and it looked shit. It, it looked like a PowerPoint I made in grade three. Um... Da, da, da. Nothing here is really real. I, I kind of already said all this. Another thing I want to add is that they played zombies by the Cranberries at the very end before the credits, and that made me want to, like, die inside. On brand. Not, no. <laughs> it, do, it doesn't deserve it. It's a good song. So, it, uh, uh, this movie makes me want to throw my, throw my TV in the bin. Cause... Too early to predict worst films of the year. So. No, it's not. This is the worst film of the year. I, you have not seen The Woman in the Window though, which is our next one. Oh shit! Okay. So, oh, yeah. I'm curious to know your thoughts on that before we make a worst movie of the year call in June. Right. Okay. So I'm the solo on this one. Uh, I have not seen Woman in the Window. That was gonna be like on my list, but. You know, I had a brief phase where I was going on the the popular this week kind of list on Letterboxd, and I was kind of watching it to keep up to date, and that's why I watched Army of the Dead, and, you know, you know, I, I watched a bunch of stuff following that list, and then I got to A Woman in the Window, and I'm thinking, no, no, I don't want to fucking watch this, because, like, I thought if I watched Army of the Dead, then maybe I'd have some sense of satisfaction that, you know, even if it was bad, I kind of know that I'm kind of up to date, no, no, I didn't get any feeling of satisfaction. Instead, I wanted to die. So I decided not to watch Woman in the Window. Uh, I watched the trailer instead. It looks like... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it just a, a rear window ripoff? Yes. It could be. Yeah, it could be. So, I mean, it is just like they try to remake Rear Window, but uh, with a lot of actual uh, like uh, i don't know 2021 circumstances and gaslighting and so much stuff like that i don't know but the yeah, cast I, I, is I so good though like i just it is it's how a is great it bad i have not read maria i don't know if you've read the original novel i have not read it so it's hard because i don't know if the story itself is this bad like there might be more pertinent details in the novel maybe that would uh Enhance give, the... a, it give a little bit more um coherence and mm. competence um <laughs> in my opinion but i, I mean adams is fantastic because oh, when yeah, adam's is. not fantastic but it feels so forced in terms of yeah. how characters interact with one another and how they respond to situations and in some ways they're 
almost, I guess, formulaic because there's kind of like a single defining quality for each of them. And you don't really get to know any of the characters beyond that single quality, which is frustrating because it's it's a mystery. I, I think that there's ways to... Amy Adams' character, her whole thing is she's, oh gosh, what is it? Agoraphobia? Agoraphobic. Agoraphobic. Yes, so she doesn't go outside, which is fine, right? Because I think you can make a compelling story around how that single quality defines every decision that you make, every interaction that you have, every relationship that you have. But it doesn't explain a lot of her motivation for, it's hard to talk about this without giving a spoiler so i'm gonna try not to spoil anything but it doesn't explain like past decisions that she made or the way that she interacts with people who come into her home necessarily um so even though adams is fantastic her character's decisions just oftentimes don't make sense to me i haven't seen it so i can't confirm or deny but i will not be watching this movie like uh i would recommend skipping (laughs) <laughs> yeah like, like you for yeah. army of the dead there was nothing that could make me watch this movie i nothing makes me want to watch it. i could just go back and rewatch rear window and have a great time it's really funny because joe wright i i didn't realize it until i was watching and i was kind of drawing parallels in my head between because he's done um like atonement and pride and prejudice and anachronia and kind of period pieces are his thing so it almost felt like this is a little bit of a departure from what he's done in the past yeah so i thought that that was really interesting to see parallels in his filmmaking but yeah it it's just Uh, uh have you seen have you seen girl on the train uh, I haven't. Oh, by the way, I'm muting okay. Maria because I think there's some background noise. I think Maria said she's going to be right back. Am I wrong? Yes, correct. Okay, let me know when Maria's talking so I can unmute her. Um, one of one of the uh, the listeners in the comments is saying that it had pretty heavy reshoots after testing terribly. And does that make it? Does that make more sense to you having seen it? Yeah, because that probably means that they tried to rewrite some stuff that didn't make sense and it still doesn't make sense right okay fantastic <laughs> well what did you uh okay well i'm gonna unmute maria because she's back what did you guys she's think back. like what what rating would you would you give this movie which movie woman in the window we're still talking about it. oh yeah <laughs> one out of five i put it one out of five mm-hmm. i think i gave it a i want to say it was either a two or a two and a half i think it was a two no, for, for why Amy Adams. Too much. I, you know, my one and one and a half is reserved for stuff like Human Centipede, so I gotta. Dick shot. I gotta. <laughs> you know. No, how? how? Human oh, Centipede. About... The the very first Human, Human Centipede, Centipede is, is is very dark. The, and the second and third that. one deserve all the half stars, but the first one is at least like a two out of five, right? Like it's not that bad. It's, you know. I put it at three, a <laughs> three out of five. Oh my goodness! Obviously, it's it disgusting. Like once you get past the disgusting concept, it's <laughs> it's not poorly made or anything, you know. It is yeah. though. It's not a. It's not a cohesive plot because the entire plot revolves around the fact that it's meant to horrify people but the production is great that's what horror movies are supposed to do (laughs) i don't understand the doctor's motivations and all of the no 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 
No, well, but that all of it you. that all of that comes down to the concept. And like like you know, like I said, if you ignore, you know, not not ignore, but if the concept, if you're sold on the concept, and when I say sold, I mean not, you know, not repulsed by it. You know, you can understand this is a fake movie, and it's just a scenario that they're putting these situations in. Like the the sorry, it's just a you know, it's a gross scenario. But it's well made around the scenario. I don't know how to explain it better than that. But I hope you kind of know what I mean. I, I stand by human centipede being bad. I stand by. It's that bad. Opinion. Oh, it, it's bad. <laughs> it's like it's shit. No pun intended. But you know, I think but, we've yeah, talked about my, human centipede. I, I think we've dedicated no, far I too like long it. at this podcast to talking about the human centipede. Uh, I mean, it was kind of movies that. Alright, yeah, just, let's, go, let's go on. Yeah, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> okay, so our next segment, we're gonna do something I dubbed as trailer talk, where we're just gonna look at the... We're just gonna look at a couple of new trailers and just give our general thoughts on them, same as... Same as the last segment, pretty much, but with stuff that no one's seen, you know, just fully... You know, just our guess as to how good it's gonna be, our general thoughts... You know, we know just as much as you do uh, for this. So the things we've got listed for today is Old, directed by M. Night Shyamalan. How do I pronounce that? Is that right? Your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, I know it's M. Night Sh, but I don't know how the Amalan, the Amalan, I don't know how that... Anyway, so Old, is it, it takes place on sort of a, a beach... And the, it's a family that stays on a beach, and when they, I don't know, like, when they run away or something, they start getting older, like, rapidly. And, mm-hmm. like, the kids start turning into Alex Wolf and Eliza Scanlon from Little Women, and, like, one of them gets pregnant, and then the baby starts, like, growing inside of the womb or something, some pretty crazy shit. Uh, what did you guys think of the trailer? What did you guys think of the concept in general? Thoughts? Uh, well, based on his all, on all his filmography that I didn't love, uh, I'm excited to see this one just to see how it comes. I mean, I I don't plan on watching the trailer because I don't I don't normally watch trailers and I don't want to spoil anything or nor come with a an idea of what I'm gonna get. Uh, with this movie, but I'm gonna watch it and I'm a bit excited to see uh, something fresh from this director after uh, you know all his uh, The Sixth Sense and Unbreakable and Splits. So. It gives me, I, I, I'm almost certain it's not gonna be as big or as kind of thematically rich, but I, I, I it gives me us vibes, you know what I mean. Like, it, uh, mm-hmm. Mercy, you've seen the trailer. Do you kind of share that opinion? What What do you think? I... This is one of those trailers where I think I watched the entire film in the course of three minutes, and so I actually don't have a lot of interest in it. It's in my watch list. I'm saying that, and I will probably see it anyway, but I don't find anything mysterious about it in terms of 
because the mystery right is like why do they get old on the beach oh no but i there doesn't seem to be anything in that that's attractive to me but i didn't really i didn't really think that was kind of the main point i don't think it's kind of how or why why is this happening it's more like you know how do we deal with it how do we not die of old age or whatever like it's more of a how do you escape the situation that that's more what i'm interested in like you know how do you how do you reverse it or deal with it uh and and it's got a decent cast i think alex wolf is kind of dumb but uh i don't i don't really like any of his performances in jumanji is kind of cringe in hereditary is normal right it's interesting that maria you brought up um the director's filmography because this is the same director as you said the sixth sense and signs right didn't he also yeah. direct i could be crazy Split. but like after earth and the last airbender and some i'm just remembering films that got absolutely shredded by critics yeah, after they earth, were yeah. so bad yeah yeah so, <laughs> those two yes and then i think there's stuff like I haven't seen Unbreakable, but I know he did Split, which is where I was introduced to him, which is kind of middle ground. It's not, in my opinion, phenomenal, but it's yeah, me too. Uh, it was enjoyable to see because I think it talks about something that hasn't been explored really in film otherwise. Um, so it's such a mixed bag of what he's capable of, which is probably why I'm not that excited for this. Yeah, I, yeah I'm excited for it as... The cover, like the poster. Yeah, yeah, the poster. Yes. <laughs> I I haven't seen. It. I need to look it up. Whatever. Yeah, it looks. Uh, I'm looking at it now. Oh yeah. It's it's sort of like a, someone sitting on the beach, and half of them is kind of young, and the other half is sort of yeah. wrinkly and dead. So you know, yeah, that's that's cool. You're right. The uh, what was I gonna say? I had a, I had a train of thought. I, I, I'm excited for this movie in the same way I'd be excited for something like, you know, I'm not expecting anything better than Fantasy Island, but I'm sure I could go oh and God, just no turn my brain off and have a good time, you know? Like, it, it gives me Fantasy Island vibe. Like, it could go either way. Like, it could be... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, just looking at his filmography, I don't remember it being this bad, but... Man, there's like two good movies in here. Uh, the village <laughs> is really enjoyable. Oh, really? I I watched yes. the visit and I didn't like it. Well, he the the village is the dystopian one. Well, mm. dystopian. Uh, yes, and then the visit is horror, right? Isn't that the grandparents one? Yeah, the grandparents. Yes. Okay, I have not seen it. I. Yeah, it's not that good. The art is cool though, like uh, the whole production and the credit scenes are mm. super artsy, but other than that, it's just... Uh, oh yeah, uh, it's almost like 1917 where it has clips of sort of the movie playing inside the letters, you know? You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a cool effect. Uh, anyways, yeah, the next I thing... Like Sorry, go. Uh, I think we'll wrap it no, up though. No. Yeah, let's move on. Yeah, uh, so the next thing I want to talk about is In the Heights, directed by... Oh, I don't think it is directed by, but I think it's created or written... Somehow Lin-Manuel Miranda is involved with In the Heights, and it's directed by the same person as Crazy Rich Asians, who I will bring up in one second. Uh, what do you guys think of this? What do you, what do you guys think of this trailer? 
Uh, I didn't watch the trailer, but I know what it's about. The... Oh, yeah, I did watch it in the cinema the last week, I think. But uh, no, I, I'm not interested. It's just like a step up. Actually, he's the same director as some of the step up movies. So I'm not interested in that. See, this looks really appealing to me as someone who thinks the opening scene to La La Land is like one of the best scenes of all time. Like, it's I love that oh, opening yeah. scene of La La Land. It looks like a whole movie of that. Like, it, it <laughs> looks like that in the same way that Ben Affleck took that beginning scene of The Dark Knight and made it into the town. I think that's what they're going to do. And it's got really good reviews so far. So I'm excited. I'm pumped. Like, this is a movie I can totally go see with, like, my whole family or my girlfriend and just enjoy myself, you know? It seems like a good time. Uh, Mercy, what do you think? An experience. I don't have any opinion on this one. I know that's shocking because I have opinions on everything. (laughs) But I, yeah, I don't know. I'm a little bit more interested this is not the topic of conversation, but I'm a little bit more interested in seeing Dear Evan Hansen, the film production of that, as opposed to this. Fuck off. I honestly, I just, I had not heard of this film until you brought it up, Roz, so Uh, I have complete ignorance of it. She's bringing this up because I shit on Dear Evan Hansen, which has to be the dumbest concept for a movie I've ever seen in my fucking life. I don't even want to talk about it because it's like a sensitive topic and I don't want to accidentally like say something offensive or like triggering but like how do i go about this do i do i do i say it it's about okay he's a guy i think he's got yeah i think he's got like anxiety or something is that what what he has some kind of issue that he's talking to a therapist about oh okay the the main character are you talking ah okay evan He's talking to a therapist well. for some reason, and as a coping mechanism for something, uh, one of his tasks is to write letters to himself, sort of dear, I don't know, like how he wishes he could be or something, you know, you know, dear Evan Hansen. He's talking to himself. So it's the same director as the Perks of Being a Wallflower. I like that movie. <laughs> oh God, uh, my friend is obsessed with that. Anyways, uh, someone, I haven't seen the trailer in a while, so I could be wrong, but I think someone steals his letter. And then commits... Okay, trigger warning. Uh, he commits suicide, and all they find is the letter that says Dear Evan Hansen and is talking about... And... Oh, my God. And then... So then... Evan Hansen is forced to pretend like he was this guy's best friend, even though he's, like... Like, Evan Hansen is, like, a, like a loser. Like, he, doesn't he have, like, no friends or anything? Like, he's, like, he's unpopular. And he's, put, yeah. I don't remember. You're, you're doing a. I don't remember the plot. Very... <laughs> I think that's part of the issue here, though, is that the plot is not strong enough to carry the weight of the themes. And that's my biggest issue with it. But there's, there's some stunning musical work in here like waving through a window is incredible um and there's i you know but the content is so dumb fantastic like the it's man the plot is just it seems so dumb to me that i i I don't want to take it seriously but at the same time the movie is telling me i have to take it seriously because of 
like you said, it, it's not strong enough to kind of carry the how heavy the themes are in this movie. And uh, if this movie turns out to be good, I'll eat my fucking hat. It's gonna be bad. You watch. It's gonna be one of those movies that all the Riverdale fans think is like the I Godfather. Riverdale fan. It, it, it's one of those movies like five feet apart where everyone will think it's the the holy grail of good movies for for a whole of two weeks and then they'll, they'll move on to another sappy uh uh feel feels like very cash grab and hollywood like yeah oh yeah it's we playing know. off that yeah playing with emotions like oh yeah we know you feel like shit so give you my give me my the money you know yeah i i read comments under the trailer it's like tagging friends like i'm gonna f- we're gonna ball our eyes out in this movie it's like are you, are you really like you know like okay. i it's that's what they want you know like i okay i don't i'm i'm trying to say this without sounding insensitive to the actual issue it's not the issue i'm trying to it's it's the it's the movie right like that i i am i making that like clear enough because yeah i'm not trying to say raising awareness for suicide kind of like you know that's not what I'm trying to bag. I, yeah, just watch this trailer. You'll know what I'm talking about. It's the same way they did... I, I brought up Five Feet Apart a, a, a minute ago. Like, they they do kind of the same thing. It's like they... Uh, they sorry, oh, go. Go, 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 go. Oh, I was going to say, I just... It's a really fine line to walk, especially when you're speaking about mental health in the lives of teens and even young kids, right? And we're coming out of COVID and isolation and quarantine. And I I think that we need to do studies in the near future on kind of the impact that that's had on everyone's mental health. Um, But it's a fine line to walk in. How do we discuss these topics and give relatability and complexity to it? And instead of ignore it to acknowledge, you know, and not minimize all of these different issues and, and i haven't seen sorry sorry thought you were finished no go ahead go ahead go ahead okay uh the charlie coffin came out with that movie i'm thinking of ending things and judging from that title i haven't seen it but from that title it, it sounds like it could be something about that oh, is that no no nothing <laughs> <That's>... no <laughs> no okay I mean, yeah, it, it has something to do with that, but at the same time, it doesn't, you know? It, That's it the sort more... of vibe I got from, from it, it is very Kaufman-esque, you know? It, it is just Kaufman. Yeah. Making Kaufman yeah, I mean, life and, and death are themes in there, but, like... well, It's not, it's not about that. It. Generally speaking, that title refers to she's thinking of ending the relationship. Right, so it's uh, okay. So it's like a breakup context. Okay, that makes yeah. that makes more sense. I thought, yeah. Okay, don't mind me. That that was uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that was yeah, what I thought it, for like so long. The, but the whole movie feels like that, you know. Like uh, uh, the, there's this girl who's just talking, like, "Oh, I'm I'm so depressed. I'm so sad. I wanna die. I'm not living with my best life with this guy." So. Everything is like on on narration mode, so yeah. you get a lot of those uh, feelings like, oh my god, she's gonna suicide, and then you realize like, oh no, she's she just wants to break up, but but come on, like <laughs> just, uh. just stop for a minute. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is it's like that. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, sh- should I give that a watch? Like, it doesn't have, like, a funky aspect ratio as well. Uh, it's not, it like, full three. Average. I mean, I just watched it because of the hype and wanted to know what everyone was talking about. And, I mean, I don't regret it. It was kind of cool. Uh, it has some cool co- concepts, but I don't know if you will like it. I'll come back to you on that. I might give it a watch. Yeah, it's not a bad movie. It is just meh. The Okay, so the last thing we want to talk about is Last Night in Soho, which I think all of us like. Like, all of us like the trailer for that. It's Edgar Wright's new project. Yeah, after, yeah. After Baby Driver. Uh, yeah, so what do you guys oh, think of that? Yeah. I don't know. I'm excited, and now at the same time, not that excited. What turns you off about it? Uh, I don't know. It just it's just the baby driver thing, you know? Like uh I've seen it and I, I don't plan to see it. And uh, it, it just knowing that the director is uh just made that movie uh made me think that the director is uh not that good. Uh, Have you seen his other movies? Yeah, it's got Bill Grimm and, and Shaun of the Dead. And hot pots even. Yeah. Uh, and I, I enjoy them. Uh, yeah, the, those are great movies. Like I enjoy them, but the fact that Baby Driver was made, uh, it's just uh, I don't know. I just hate Baby Driver so much. I think it's Baby uh... Driver is really popular too. So I'm kind of surprised that you're saying that. I like it. I, have you seen Baby Driver, uh, Mercy? I assume you haven't. No, I have not. And kind of after all of the stuff that went down with Ansel Elgort last year or two years yeah. ago, that was, I it, don't plan on watching it. It got really uh, unlucky. It has Ansel Elgort and Kevin Spacey in the same fucking yeah. movie. Yeah. Like, yes. That's why okay. I don't want to watch it either. <laughs> yeah. I, see, I've kind of... I've seen Kevin Spacey in so much stuff that it's kind of, I'm trying to train myself to hate him. Like, uh, you know, like I'm, yeah, you know, like he 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 has good performances, but it's just knowing what he's done. It's just ugh, puts like a well, dark cloud of every you movie believe, that he's in. If you believe in separating art from the artist, and which I do, your, but I I actually it might be a bit easier for you. <laughs> I spoke about that in a in an oral presentation for my school about kind of what line we should draw. Kind of like what I what my points my point was if you're watching it for that person, like in support of that person, like for example, like a Woody Allen movie, like that's not that shouldn't be okay. Like, you know? Like if we're watching yeah. it in celebration of someone then I don't I don't think that's very cool. But I don't think it's... I don't think we should shit on movies like Seven just because of one cast member who did some shitty thing. Like, you know you know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, I think... Yeah, yeah. I think you should be, I... quote-unquote, allowed <laughs> to enjoy those movies even if you feel disgusted by, you know, these individuals, which... Rightfully so. They suck. Like, uh... No? Uh, is that... I don't want to be controversial, if that's... Uh, uh... <laughs> no, no, I think the same. Uh, I, I mean, not the same, but uh, I also have issues. I mean, my, my favorite director is Lars von Trier, and he's, he's, he's an asshole, I know. Mm. 
and I um I can say that I'm a feminist and I still I mean I don't love him as a person or as a man but I like his movies and uh, it is sometimes hard for me to say oh uh, I won't watch this because he's done that because you know I, I don't want to be hypocrite with myself either because I mean yeah I, I get into those situations too. Anyways, I kind of wanted to talk more about Baby Driver because I, I really enjoy it. Uh, it, it I, I think it's, I would say it's one of his, like, it's one of those movies, that if, if it was in any other director's filmography, it would be one of their best, but being Edgar Wright, it's one of his worst, just because his quality of, just because his batting average is so high, like, you're comparing it against Hot Fuzz and The World's End and stuff, which are so good. But anyway, yeah, Baby Driver is one of those... It's one of those, it's like a gift that keeps on giving. It's like, just when you think it's going to start getting worse, it doesn't. It just keeps getting better. And there's a third act with uh, John Hamm, and he just goes, like, ballistic. It is just a bunch of fun. And, yeah, I, I, I really enjoy all of the, just the moments that happen in this movie. There's a lot of good action, and especially the the way he syncs his scene to music and kind of puts text on the screen. Yeah, you, if you, you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. I, I really enjoy how creative and bombastic it sort of is, in the same way that I enjoy... Maybe that's just a thing that I like. I enjoy Cruella just because of how crazy it is, and it's just so much fun, and I just enjoy it, you know? I'm trying to think of other movies like that. Like, Edgar, Edgar Wright's whole filmography is like that. It's just crazy fun, you know? Mm. Maybe that's just stuff that I'm attracted to. In yeah. I'm finding it funny that you talked so much against uh, the zombie films text on the screen, and then you love it. In no, 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 no. That's different. So. I'm talking about I'm talking about the font that they used for the Army of the Dead uh, sure, and the color. Sure. It conflicts with what's on the screen. So but the in... text is okay, but it has to be. It's the opening in credits, but context. Oh yeah, the opening credits. What I'm talking about is when Baby is walking through the street and he's dead. Oh, you haven't seen it, so you don't know what I'm talking about. I have not. There's a scene where he walks down the street and he's singing a song and the lyrics of the song pop up on the street, like in the windows, like the lyric. It's really cool. You should you should at least check out that scene just because okay. how creative okay. it is. Uh, it's I'm just not, very technically I'm well done. I'm not opposed to watching Baby Driver because there's some people in my life who've highly recommended it. It's to a me, high um, recommend uh, from me. Like throw part of roulette because one one person recommended that movie to me, and I even left that server in a rage quit. <laughs> That's how much I hate it. Oh wow! <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen it, but yeah, I I was so mad because I was like, hey, I'm not watching this because Kevin and Ansel are there and. This guy was like, oh, but it's the best movie ever. And I just rage quit. Like, I, I left immediately. I'm saying, like, a, a movie, yeah. as a movie, it's good. But it's, yeah, it's hard sometimes to to watch, you know, just because what we know now. You know, there's, there's also this girl that I hate so much. It is called Aisa Gonzalez. She's Mexican. And she's, like, some one of the most hated girl woman in here in mexico because she's such is she a one of the crew bitch. yeah uh i don't i don't remember but 
yeah maybe she's... maybe it's just an unlucky cast <laughs> this this movie is yeah no she's she's one of the leads like she, she yeah was, the, they have a whole thing. she is she's monica darling oh, yeah monica well I, I haven't seen it recently enough to kind of mm. i reckon yeah, you should give it a no. go just to no, I just to ignore i hate her i hate you... everyone in that movie if you replace uh, Angela Elgort with like a Ty Sheridan or like a Miles Teller, and then you replace Kevin Spacey with like, uh, <laughs> you know, I said Miles Teller, but I think Kevin Spacey could easily be replaced with J.K. Simmons in this movie and be fucking awesome. But uh, that movie would have been would be great. That would be like a solid eight, nine out of ten movie. So if you can forgive, not for, not forgive. But if you can forgive like the movie for its mm-hmm. crappy cast, then you can get some solid entertainment out of Baby Driver. Yeah, anyway, maybe. we're supposed to be talking about Last Night in Soho. Uh, I didn't mean to derail yeah. the conversation. What do we all think of the trailer? If anyone, if no one has anything to say, I've got some thoughts because I really, really love this trailer. Uh, I, I like the the colors and the music. There's this. Uh, I don't. This probably won't show up in the movie as score, but the you know that you know that tune it's like dun, 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 dun. like it just it's just so perfectly ominous and i just love it it just fits it just fits and anya taylor joy uh is you know is great and also it's got the girl from jojo rabbit who i really enjoyed in that movie i haven't really seen yeah. anything i haven't seen anything else from her since or before baby uh before jojo rabbit and yet you know, I'm just she was from the king too. Oh really? Yeah. Wait, she with, was in the uh, game. Timo- no, the, the king, uh, with Timothée Clement and uh, you know Robert Pattinson from uh, 2019. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. I haven't there. seen that. Is that the one with the uh, Henry Cavill? Is the white haired guy? Oh. No, that's the Witcher. No. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, this is like this is like an his- historical movie about some war in in France or something like that. True. It, it is good. I've not seen it. It's it, It's actually funny because uh, Timothée Clement, you know, she, he's French, French, so uh, he makes the role of this uh, English uh, prince, and then Robert Pattinson, who is actually English, uh, makes the the role of this French prince, so it's like inverted, and they have their accents very uh, weird. Uh, it is it is funny to see them that way. Huh. It's on Netflix, it is, right? It is it's a good it's a, movie. It's a yeah, Netflix it is original. Kind of interesting. I think so. I don't know. I watch it on Netflix. So I think for Last Night in Soho, that's like kind of a two out of three. What was that right? Who who's yeah. excited for this? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited to... um, It's been a while since I've seen Matt Smith in something that has so much potential, so I'm excited for his role, too. Is that the Doctor... Doctor... Yes, Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Last time I saw him was Terminator uh, Genesis. Yeah, he's done a couple of kind of random films. Like, he was in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and, yeah, Terminator... 
I think he was in uh, Morbius. I'm trying to remember. But he hasn't done anything super, super big since Doctor Who. So I really hope this movie is a hit, like, just in general, because I feel like with, uh, with Scott Pilgrim and with Baby Driver, if this is a hit, this would kind of complete his trifecta. Not... not like you know he'd have three big hits under his kind of belt to be able to call him one of the greats sort of or, or like you know like damien chazelle like he's going to be one that gets remembered as one of those fantastic directors You'd, like with like such a solid filmography like quentin tarantino he wants to be that but you know oh yeah he has he has fame and you know he's he has some good movies but he should not be remembered as fondly as I think people like Edgar Wright should be. That's just my hot take. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we can probably move on to questions now. Uh, I think we're all kind of falling a little bit silent. We don't. We're kind of running out of things to say. So let, let's do some questions. All right. So now we're gonna go through some questions that the people uh, from the Watch and Wine server asked us. Uh, if you want to participate and ask us questions, you can join us too and you know comment or ask in the channel yeah another so, benefit to being in the server is you can also kind of listen in live as well so we got a couple yeah. of listeners listening to us right now shout out um oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to listen to us live or hear us answer your questions you know join our server uh, yes so we're going to answer two questions just because we're running a little bit short on time we we answered four last week uh so sort of the questions we have today, uh, first question is from Proxy. I don't exactly know how to pronounce that. I think I'm just going to, you know, Proxy could be Prox. Yeah, Proxy sounds Proxy sounds right. Uh, so what's the best movie that we've seen that we would never see again? Uh, so anyone have an answer for this question? I do. Um, I... <laughs> Mine is kind of a multifaceted answer. I love horror. It's my favorite genre. But I surprisingly have seen a lot of the staple kind of classics. And I probably can't picture myself going back and watching them. So I'm thinking like, oh gosh, uh, The Exorcist, Science of the Lambs, maybe The Shining, like Rosemary's Babies, a lot of those classics that kind of set the tone for what was to come. And they're phenomenal, like for good reason. There's a there's a reason they're respected, but I don't know. I don't really picture myself in the future going back and watching it. Maybe maybe Silence of the Lambs, because yeah. But oh, yeah. anything else, I don't know. It just I can't picture myself sitting down one night and saying, I gotta watch a OG horror film. My my yeah. answer's sort of about how much it affected me as an individual, and I don't think I'll be revisiting Darren Aronofsky's Requiem for a Dream anytime soon. I know you love Aronofsky, Mercy, but uh, yes. this is one I will not be touching, at least for a, you know, a solid few years. We watched this in the original We Watch Movies server that me and maria met in uh someone picked that to be the movie we streamed with everyone and i think it i think we traumatized about 25 16 year olds for life uh we're not gonna be (laughs) we're not gonna be doing drugs anytime soon aronofsky kind of you know made sure of that 
man, it fucking messed me up. It, it's one of the best tone setters I've ever seen, like, in my life. The only thing that's ever come close since is one that I watched recently called Sinister, which I thought was really... It was a mm-hmm. really effective mood setter, especially with that very opening shot and those super eight kind of clips uh, of, of, like, various murder methods. Just sort of stuff that really gets under my skin, like, it, Requiem for a Dream is just full of it, especially that ending scene. It just leaves you on such a depressing note. Uh, I'm never going to want to revisit that by choice in the next five years easy. Well, mine will be the Russian arc from 2002. Ooh. Like, I, I loved it. I fell in love immediately, but... but... I don't know, I think that movie is just like an experience, you know, like you cannot, well, I, I could not go again over it um, and and experience it again because I think the magic and the impress here, impression will be lost. So, yeah, that's the best, but I will never see it again, at least willingly. <laughs> okay, well, I guess on to the, the next question then. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, well, Matt Samal begged us not to ignore his question this week, so we'll oblige him. Um, so what what's a movie that we'd want to be an extra in? Uh, and I haven't really thought too much about this question, but I've got an answer that sort of came to mind pretty quickly, which was I actually have two answers. But the first thing that came to my mind was Shawshank Redemption. I feel like being on that set. What? I, I'm especially thinking of that. Uh the fresh fish scene with a uh, they're all in the cells and just because everyone sort of gets to participate in that you know i'd want to be an extra in a movie where i get to actually do something that i could kind of you know not just stand around and be like hey that's me you know like I, yeah. not specifically shawshank redemption but any movie where the whole crowd gets to kind of join in and have an active role in the in the story Another example of this is in Jaws, being one of the, you know, one of the kids who runs out of the water when the kid gets eaten by a shark. I think that'd be pretty cool. Uh, uh, anyway, so what do you, what do you guys got for that question? Um, I have, <laughs> I would put a lot of answers for this because really anything that kind of ma- makes dance and cinema go together in a visually beautiful way is something I would love to be a part of. Um, But I just last year, actually, I can't believe I had never seen it before, but I saw Bob Fosse's All That Jazz, which is from the late 70s. And it is the embodiment of everything, choreography, story, just ugh absolutely in love so it would be so fun to be able to be a dancer on that set and just kind of be a part of his work um not just for him as a dancer and a choreographer but also for him as the director uh and maria um yeah i don't know i i i don't like i wouldn't like to be in movies in the first place but if i had to be in one as an extra probably uh in pirates of the caribbean I would love to be uh, some pirates or something like that, or some fish. I don't know. <laughs> I just that's a I good answer. You know what the real answer is? One of the zombies in Army of the Dead. That's uh, oh, 100% that is, what uh, I want to be. No, no. Can I right. be the queen? Oh uh, my god! Even the okay, the zombies don't even look cool. They look so <laughs> ugly. Pregnant. 
She was pregnant. Mercy. Oh, no. Never like, mind. Like That's... a zombie. Like a zombie queen. And she no. was pregnant. Yeah. Anyways, I think there's... I don't know. I think we covered everything we kind of need to cover for this episode. I think... Do we want to wrap up there, sort of? Sounds good to me. Alright, well, uh, thank you guys for listening to the Watch and Wine podcast. You can find me on Letterboxd at Rosace or on Discord at Rosace, uh, R-O-Z-A-C-E. Yeah, you can follow me too on Letterboxd as Maria R-O-M. And I'm on Letterboxd at Literally Mercy with an underscore in between those two words. Anyway, so thank you for listening to the whole show. Uh, We will catch you next episode. Yes, bye. Bye, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the Watch and Wine podcast. Make sure to Google our Discord server, Watch and Wine, to meet us and listen to these podcasts live. You'll also meet a ton of other like-minded users who love film just as much as you do. And as always, have a good one. Uh, I might do a bit of an editing after show just because, I don't know, I feel like it. I got a few notes I want to add. Yeah, so if you're just wondering why I spoke so much more, like, it seems like my voice is... There's a lot more of me than the other two. It's because I'm recording in the middle of the day while they recorded at, like, 12 and, like, 1 a.m. So it's probably, like, 4 or 5 a.m. for them right now. They're probably fast asleep while I'm editing this. Uh... Yeah, well, that's why. They were just tired, I think. That's why they were having trouble kind of answering those later questions. Uh, Like, as, you know, snappier as compared to the the earlier half of the podcast. Uh, I don't know what to talk about. So, uh, things that kind of got left on the the cutting room floor, things I cut out. uh, There was a a bit where we were talking about Dear Evan Hansen, and we were kind of being very careful to tread lightly over it issues like you know you know issues that we didn't want to trigger people with uh but then we kind of delved into a bit of an in-depth conversation on 13 reasons why which was a tangent of the tangent that was the dear evan hansen conversation uh which was not only kind of irrelevant but i don't know was also a little bit of an overload of a a dark topic so you know that got left out during the quiet place two bit we talked about john krasinski for a whole while and you know his impact on the quiet place too which was you know frankly frankly pretty boring and an unnecessary extension on a review that kind of already went on a little bit too long uh there was a there was a knives out conversation uh that we were going to talk about in the middle of the woman in the window seg like you know the woman in the window review and i accidentally said disregard racism like in not meaning to like that there's a couple of racist jokes in knives out that i must have like i uh how do i phrase this there's a couple of jokes in knives out that could be interpreted interpreted as racist uh and i didn't want to kind of Oh, even now I'm having trouble phrasing it. I accidentally just said disregard the racism and look at the whole picture of the movie, which is not really what I meant to say. But even saying it now, like, I, I, I hope you guys understand what I mean, but also you understand why I cut that bit, because I didn't want that to be kind of misinterpreted. Uh, yeah, anyways. that that's I, I just thought it might have been interesting to know what was left out 
of this whole thing. And I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope I can cut out my ums and ahs a little bit more in future episodes. And have a good one. Have a good afternoon or morning, night, whatever time period you're listening to this in. If you're listening to this, you've also reached the end of the podcast, which, I don't know, thanks. And uh, I applaud your dedication.